Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Lift your Bibles high. We're going to make our confession of faith together. Lift your Bibles high. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest Mobile app. Did you know the Harvest Mobile app? You can read the whole Bible in a year right there through the app. Let's make this confession of faith together. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing for me for just a moment. I want you to go to this scripture. I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse number 30. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. We're in week two of our series, GOAT, say the greatest of all time. Obviously, that's Jesus, right? Right, okay, but watch this. Jesus wants to make you great. It got, uh, maybe you didn't hear me. I said he wants to make you great. Uh, and maybe you don't understand that yet, so let me teach you here. Uh, let's look at this scripture. It says, therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promise that your house and the house of your fathers should go in and out before me forever. Uh, say, God made a promise. He says, but now the Lord declares, far be it from me. In other words, God says, I made you a promise, but now I'm not doing it. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to promise me something and me do something to where I can't get what I was promised. That's like looking through the window at the mall and saying, I'm, somebody tell you, I'm going to get this for you. Then when you get there, they don't get it. Just the neighbor say, no more window shopping for me. He says, and the house of your father should go in and out before me forever. But now the Lord declares something happened. And he's about to tell you what happened. He says, but now the Lord declares, watch this, uh, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will what? Honor. So he says, here's why I'm not going to give you what I promised you. You dishonored me. And your dishonor disqualified you. But here's what I love about Jesus. If I still got breath in my body, even if I messed up yesterday, even if I messed up this morning, if I still breathe, that means I got another chance. I need you to give him a little glory right there that you get another chance. Because... Because we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of Jesus, and we've all dishonored him. He says, if you honor me, I'll honor you. And those who despise me, he's like, I ain't got nothing but love for you. 
I love you, but you're never going to live the way I ordained for you to live. I love you, but you'll never be great. And hear me. Love is good, but, and it's free. Say it's free. But great has a fee, and that fee is called honor. Say this. Say, Lord, make me a person of honor. Father, I pray now that you would customize, tailor, make this word for us, your people, that we move and walk in what you've ordained. We declare that we're not only at the gateway of greatness, but we're stepping into it now. In Jesus' name, make us people of honor today. Let this word be received with gladness so that we will not experience any more delay. We will not experience any more denial. We will not experience any more uh, dryness, and we will not experience any more unnecessary destruction. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Do me a favor, introduce this message title to somebody on your left and your right. Just say, there's a gateway to greatness. There's a gateway to greatness. You can be seated this morning. Uh, as you know, we're in this uh, new life-giving message series called GOAT. It's the pop culture acronym for the greatest of all time. And great means, watch this, unusual, first rate, very good, more than, mighty, and far beyond average. I went fast, so I'll give it to you again. Let me back that thing up. Watch this. It means unusual. Which means, I don't want to be usual. I need you to stop comparing yourself to people you're supposed to be greater than. Come here. I need you to stop comparing yourself to everybody else and how everybody else lives. And well, Susie's mom does this and Billy's mom does this. Well, you're not them. You're supposed to be unusual. So when people look at you, they say there's something different about you. I need you to get used to being, watch this, to having all eyes on you. Why? Because God says, I want to do something great through you that makes you unusual. And when you're unusual, you don't get to live like everybody else. You don't get to act like everybody else. Watch this. Stuff that other people get away with, you can't get away with. Why? Because you are unusual. So stop being mad that God is always on you about improving and getting better. That's proof that he loves you and he's not giving up on you because he's not going to let you be like everybody else. You're supposed to be unusual. Would you check your row and say, everybody on this row is great. Every... Oh, no, say it like you mean it. Everybody on this road. That's why you had to be rejected by some people. That's why you had to be abandoned by some people because they didn't know how to handle you being unusual. What's this? It means, it means not only unusual, it means first rate. First rate means it's the best, which means, watch this. When you stand it up to something else, it always stands out. Here's, here's what you need to know about things that are first rate is that they have to go through the process, watch this, of being tested to be proven that they are the best. When God says, I want to make you great, he means unusual. And in case you don't know, he wants to do that. I'm going to show you in a minute. It means unusual, but then first rate, which means when you stand up next to everybody else that's been through the same thing you've been through, watch this, somehow, somewhere, you always come to the top. I need you to realize that the only way it could be proven you were first rate is that they had to try to push you down and keep you down so that, watch this, after all of what they tried, you'd still pop back up like one of them bobbleheads. Somebody said, I keep rising to the top. I keep... And even when you don't want to fight, somehow you keep rising to the top. And even when you don't think you got what it takes, you keep rising to the top. That's because you're not supposed to be like everybody else. You're supposed to be the GOAT. Then it means very good. When God was making things in Genesis, 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 Gene, the beginning of things, the Bible says, and the Lord spoke and saw it, and it was good. And the Lord spoke and saw it, and it was good. Notice, God never did anything with his hands. He did everything with his mouth. And if we're in his image and likeness, we got to learn how to work how God works. God starts working with his mouth, and his mouth becomes his hands. He says, and he looked, and he saw, and it was very good. When God looks at your life, God essentially says, I see the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I still call it very good. I see, your, I see this, watch this. I see your mess-ups. 
I see your screw-ups. I see what you didn't do right. I see what you did do right. And God says, when I look at you, I still see something very good. I need you to not confine yourself, watch this, to the things you haven't yet conquered. Because when God looks at you, he still says, very good. Even when you feel like Clark Kent and like Superman has been on an extended sabbatical, God says, I still look at you and I see something very good. You know what? We got so many haters in the world today and so many people who pull other people down. It's because they don't realize they're very good in their own lane. I'm not trying to be you. You don't need to try to be me. You do you. I'll do me. I'll root for you. You root for me. And we can both do the doggone thing. But I don't need to hate on what I can never be. I don't need to hate on what I can never duplicate. Watch. It means this. It means, it means more than. Which means when you look at your life, you will be more than. And to be more than means, watch this. Here's another thing. It means that you will have to stand up next to something that was less than. Say more than. See, you're more than where you grew up. You're more than what they said you could be. For many of you, you're the curse breaker in your bloodline. So you're more than what your bloodline has ever done. You've gone further and you got there faster, which is why you feel so different even when you're around people you've known your whole life. You feel so different because you're more than, and sometimes they've settled for being less than. But then it means, watch this, far beyond average. Say far beyond, far beyond. average. Now, now check this out. It means, it means this. It means I'm not average is what everybody's doing. Okay? Remember in school how if everybody fail, they grade the test on a curve. Let me tell you something about you. You ain't on that curve. What you trying to say, Bishop? Because God says, every time I look at you, I remember the price I paid for you. And I wouldn't have died for chump change. I wouldn't have died for regular. And I know people rejected you and threw you away. But God says, when I died for you, I died for you knowing that you were to die for. When I died for you, I knew that there was something significant, something unique, something special about you. And this is important to understand because God says, all of these things are things I promise you. Say, that's a promise. Greatness was a promise God made to a man named Abraham, whose name was later changed to Abram. We learned why on Sunday. That Galatians 3.29 taught us, applies to us also. Galatians 3.29 says, and if you are Christ or Christians, then you are Abraham's offspring. Say, I'm his child. It doesn't mean it literally. It means it in the, in the spirit. It says, heirs according to the what? Promise. What promise? The promise that was made in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, but now this promise is to who? Us. So I want you to put your name there. Now the Lord said to Watch this. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I'm going to show you. He says, I need you to break free from the habits, patterns, and traditions of your bloodline. Because they will have you thinking messed up relationships of what you're supposed to have. They will have you thinking that that's what you're supposed to have. They will have you thinking that not being faithful to God is what you're supposed to have. Come in, 1115. You need to understand exactly who you are. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You're the line crosser. You're the history maker. You're the boundary breaker. And the only way you're going to do that is you're going to have to go beyond. Got this. Because for God is a generational God. For you to go beyond what's before you, that means you're going to have to be in uncomfortable territory. You have to get used to change. You have to get used to doing things differently. Here's an interesting statistic. Most people live within 15 miles of where they grew up. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. What I'm saying is that teaches us something about the psych uh, psychology that we have as individuals. That most of us never venture beyond the front room. 
Come here. Most of us never venture beyond what it is that we were reared in. So consequently, we spend the majority of our adult lives working out stuff that was worked into us that God is like, that was never what I wanted in the first place. Let's tell the truth. Some of y'all are still healing from stuff that was said to you when you were a teenager. Some of y'all are still, y'all ain't going to tell the truth. Preach, Bishop, anyhow. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Some of us are still dealing with stuff that happened to us as young people, and now you're spending your adult life trying to work out that your mama said you weren't going to be nothing, and your daddy said you're this, and your, da- your cousin said this. Well, I need you to know the devil is a lie, and his mama name is true. God has spoken a word concerning you, and it shall not return void. Somebody say he wants to make me great. Verse 2, and I will make of you a great nation. What's that mean? Everything attached to me. It's going to be great. So you need to watch this. Stop settling for areas that don't come up. Stop settling for areas and just saying, well, that's just how it's going to be. Let me tell you something. Sometimes God will shake you. Do you see how this stuff has settled down here? Sometimes God will shake you so that you stop settling for certain areas that don't come up. In 2019, let me prophesy, hands up, in 2019, every single area of your life, you will be able to look at it and call it great. If you believe that, shout, I believe it. Not just your family, but your finances. Not just your finances, but your career. Not just your career, but your health. Not just your health, but your mind. Not just every area of my life. Watch. I will make of you a great nation. Then I will bless you. That means empower you to prosper, to do well, and to be whole. Watch this. He says, and make your name great. He said, I'm not going to give you a title. I'll make your name great. Because when people hear your name, say your name. See, your name's going to be brought up in some boardrooms this week. Y'all just looking at me. Your name's going to be brought up in some conversations with people who have the power to prosper you. Your name's going to be brought up with people who have the power to do something that you've been praying for for years. And if your name comes up in the right conversation just like that, your whole situation can change. Somebody say, he's making my name great. So whenever they hear foreman, they're going to think unusual, first rate, very good, far beyond average. He says, I'll make your name great. Watch this. So that you will be a blessing. See, this greatness isn't for us to just sit on. We can't sit on our blessed assurance with this greatness. God says, it's so that you can be a blessing. How are we going to change all of the homelessness downtown on 16th Street Mall? Because a church full of folk are going to get blessed so they can... I need you to act like we're going to turn this city upside down. I need you to act like there's cities around this country we're going to step into and turn upside down. I need you to act like God wants to bless you to be a blessing. There's some women that aren't going to have to go through what you went through because you decided to be a blessing. Watch. And you will be a blessing. So, So when he wants you to be a blessing, just so you know, the precursor to that is a breaking. Yep. See, until he's broken you, you don't really have anything to offer. So he has to break what you wanted, break your will, break your plan, break what you thought it was going to do, and then when you yield to that breaking, now he says, now you're ready to be a blessing. <laughs> Scripture says when they needed to feed thousands of people, the Bible says that they brought him the bread, and he what? Broke it. Then he blessed it. There's a principle there. The principle is, he says, I can't speak a blessing on it, until it's proven it can survive the breaking. I need everybody in here 
who where you've had a breaking over the last, watch this, 12 months, I need you to give God a crazy radical praise. Watch this. Wait, wait, wait. Let me tell you why before you do it. Here's why. Because what God was doing is preparing you for what you asked for. You asked to be a blessing. He broke you, and now you're about to be that blessing. Go. Go, 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 go. Yeah, he broke me to bless me. 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 And now you get to be a blessing. So when you see somebody on your job tripping, you can say, don't you even worry about that. I've seen him do it. And the same God that did it for me, watch this, he'll do it all again. Watch this. Be seated. He says, verse 3, I'll bless who blesses you. He says, if people do right by you, I'm going to do right by them. That's why you got to be careful who you mistreat. You got to be careful who you catch an attitude with. You got to be careful who you walk past and don't speak to. Y'all not talking to me. You, you better be careful who you roll your eyes at. Y'all not saying nothing to me. You better be careful because God says, if, if they're one of my great people, if you do wrong by them, baby, I got something for you. I will bless them that bless you. And whoever dishonors you, I will curse. God says, I got your enemies. When you're great, you don't even fool with your enemies. That's beneath you. When you're great, you don't even respond. It's beneath you. When you're great, you delete the comment. You don't respond to the comment. It's beneath you. When you're great, you know, watch this. You can know they're talking about you and still be kind to them, saying, you don't have to deal with me. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And if you came against me, he made me a promise. And that promise is that he'd handle whoever mishandled me. Some, some of us, not you, your spiritual, your neighbor, they sometimes get bitter, which is the residue of a painful experience. Because they've been mishandled. Now realizing that's a distraction. When you're mishandled, only thing you need to do is first off check yourself. Because sometimes that it ain't mishandled. It's that you misunderstood. Okay? So once, you, once there's a bona fide mishandling, after you check yourself, then what you need to do is say, okay, God, vengeance is yours. So here's what I do. I wash my hands of that. That's your situation to handle. I ain't getting even. I ain't Facebook stalking. I ain't Instagram stalking. I don't care what they're doing, where they at, what they got going on. Because since you mishandled me, come here, 1115, since you mishandled me, the book says that God is going to take care of you. And some of you are like, but Bishop, it doesn't seem like God is doing anything to those that have mishandled me. First off, you need to quit checking. The reason he won't do it is because he knows you're obsessed with it. Come here. So God says, until you get focused on your future and stop looking behind you into your past, I'm not going to do it. But sometimes he'll let your enemy get stuff. So then when he comes up, watch this, when, you, when your enemy thinks that they got you, he'll come back around and say, hey, remember how you treated my son? Remember how you treated my daughter? I'm going to need you to come up off that. Translation, Denver. I'm about to handle you for mishandling them. I want you to thank God, and we're about to get real radical at 1115. Y'all already started real radical, so let's go all the way. Can we go all the way? I need you to call the names whoo, of the people over the last few months that mishandled you. And here's what you're going to say, Lord, I let that go. Why are you going to say that? Because when you let it go, God says, I'm going to pick it up. One, two, three, do it. You ain't putting the names in the atmosphere. And say, Lord, I let it go. Say it like you mean it. I let it go. Pick it up, Jesus. Say it. Pick it up, Jesus. And handle it for me. Yeah, that's a done deal. And in you, 
and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Say, through me. See, when you're the beginning of a new spiritual bloodline, God says, I want to do something new in you. Which means you can't repeat what you've seen. You have to show you something you've not seen before. And this is why sometimes you feel uncomfortable. You feel uncomfortable because God says, I've pulled you into a place of change. So it's different for you because old you would do this. Great you does this. And the great you seems like it's a weak you because you don't respond to everything. I, I'm preaching. Wait. Preach. Check this out. Say, that's the promise to me. I'm going to read it again so you get it. Now, the Lord said to verse 1 of Genesis 12, say your name. All right. Get away from them curses to some change I'm going to show you. You're going from curses to change. All right. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Verse 2. I will make of, say your name, a great nation. Say, everything about me is going to great this year. And I will bless you and make your name. Say that name. Say that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is going to say that name again. Yeah, because watch this. Some of you, you're going to go places after church, and they're going to act like they were waiting on you. They're going to act like they were expecting you, and you're going to be like, what is all of this? God's going to put your name in the atmosphere just to show you how quickly he can do it. So that you will do what? Be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever dishonors you, I'm going to handle them. And you'll be a new type of family. Ooh. You'll be a family, watch this, that doesn't just talk it. You'll be a family that walks it. You won't be a perfect family, but you'll be a blessed family. Ooh, you. You'll be able to look around and say, everybody connected to me is blessed. And all of us are winning. Let me tell you how I know you're really connected to me and my family. Let me tell you how I know that. It's because, watch this, the word's working. If it ain't working, you need to check your connection because something is off. Because if you connected to me, I'm just reading the promise. Touch your neighbor and say, everybody on this row. Now say it like you really mean. Say, everybody on this row. Blessed. And I know how to handle the blessing because he broke me first. And when he broke me, I realized that everything good that happens ain't because of me. It's because God has decided to bless me. It ain't because of your education. It ain't because of your background. It ain't because of your schooling. It ain't because of who you know. It's because God decided to. Galatians 11.31. No, here's the problem. God told him to get out of his father's uh, uh, country. And here's where they were living. They, 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 it's in Genesis 11:31, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haram, they settled there. And this is where the problem is. Where were they supposed to go? Canaan. That's the promised land. For you and I, it's no piece of land. It's a promised life. It's a life of shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. Can you say it as fast as I did it? Oh, some of y'all just started speaking in tongues. Say nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. All as well. That's where they were supposed to go. Instead, they went from Ur of the Chaldeans. Ur means fire. And they went to settle where? In Haran. Say settle. settle. Now, I already messed it up and used my prop. But you saw it earlier. This is a special blend of Harvest Southern dressing. And some of you are like, Mr. No, it's not. I know. That's the joke. 
Um, listen, um, if you saw beforehand, the oil was at the top. Everything else settled. Everything that, watch this, that was too heavy for the oil settled. The oil represents God's grace. It represents, in the Bible, God's anointing. It represents God's favor. It represents God's blessing. Check it out. The oil rose. The heavy stuff settled. What you're trying to say, Bishop, is that Abraham, watch this, while he was on his journey to his promised land, his promised life, he decided to settle. And in him deciding to settle, here's what he really did. He dishonored what God said to honor something else. He separated from the oil. I'm going to need you to make this declaration over yourself. Say, I'm not separating from my oil. What does that mean? I'm not separating from my church. I'm not separating from my man of God. I'm not separating from God's word. I'm not separating from worship. I'm not separating from giving. I'm not separating from putting God first. Why? That's the oil that got me through. And that oil is going to be the same oil that takes me in. When they came to Haran, they settled there. Settlers get slaughtered. Settling is different than moving. Moving is part of your journey. Settling says, I'm going to just stay here because it's comfortable. Where did they settle, y'all? Haran. Say Haran. Haran. You know what Haran means? A dry place. They went from Ur on fire. He, w- he was on fire. This man was on fire. And then they went to Haran. And when they got to Haran, they decided to settle. Abraham was supposed to go to Canaan, but he settled in Aram. And here's the question that comes up. Why in the world would he settle when he's supposed to go to greatness? Why would he settle in Haran? Because here's the trip about settling. Is that it's a dry process, but the process to dry something out takes time. See, it starts slowly. It starts slowly where, I miss church. It starts slowly. I ain't going to give. I ain't going to serve. I ain't going to worship. I ain't going to pray. It starts slowly to dry out. You don't dry out like that. Ladies, some of y'all here is still wet. That's why when we was doing hugs, he was like, just give me a handshake, give me a handshake. I ain't trying to get all this mousse on your face. Huh? It takes time to dry out. And here's what I need you to get. Abram spent 60 plus years in Haran. I need you to catch this. He wasted 60 years to my Lord, when you going to do it? God says, when you do what I said. Lord, when is my situation going to turn around? When you do what I said? I need you to understand. Check this out. He settled for the same reason we sometimes do. You ready? Dishonor. See how quiet I got? Okay, so I'm going to preach this fast because I know right through here, y'all get quiet. Watch this. He dishonored what God said. What did God say? Go to where? Canaan, what this fool do? Settle. Where? Haran. Why? To honor his feelings. He didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. To honor his attitude. He had a negative attitude which determined his altitude. See, when you're negative, the only thing you can do is nosedive. Y'all not talking. He dishonored what God said to honor his comfort. He wanted to be comfortable. And he was comfortable in Haran because he knew what to expect. And to do what God said was going to require him to change. And when you change, you got to stretch. And when you stretch, you're uncomfortable. And when you're uncomfortable, you don't feel like you know you. But the truth is, the you that you knew is the you who wants you to be. 
He dishonored what God said to honor his fears. He dishonored what God said to honor Terah, his father. He dishonored what God said to honor Sarah, his wife. He dishonored what God said to honor his rationale. He dishonored what God said to honor his relative life. He dishonored what God said to honor his pride. And his dishonor created massive delay. I need to come down your road because some of you make your wife more important than your God. Some of you make your husband more important than your God. I'm not studying you. I'm coming for you because today you ain't going to stand at the gateway. You're walking all the way in. We have this thing in culture where we are so fixated on honoring, watch this, here's the real question of honor. Who do you respect first? That's the real question of honor. And what happens is many of us, we think we're doing right by, by taking God's order and, and flipping it to fit our, our own situation. Well, see, some husbands, your wife has got you so whipped. Uh-uh, that wasn't a joke. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Oh, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. Shut them doors. Ain't nobody leaving until I'm done. No, I'm just joking. What happens is, if she catches an attitude, you stop obeying. Because you don't want her to stop putting out. I know this is a lot for a Sunday morning. Listen. If, if I could give it to you another way, I'd give it to you another way. But I just need you to watch this. Stop getting stuck at the gateway and never going in. I'm sick of seeing Christians shout outside the gateway and never stepping all the way in. Some wives, some wives, you, 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 sometimes you need to be able to look at your spouse and say, baby, I love you, but you're out of order. God's word says this, and you're going to have to line up with this. I love you, and you can catch your little attitude all you want, but I'm not going to dishonor God to honor you. Let me tell you why. Because that makes you an idol. And if you become an idol, he's got to take you. Some of your marriages have ended because you made them idols. Some of your marriages are tore up because you made an idol out of them. You got single parents and my kids are my everything. Well, what? That ain't Bible. See, y'all don't like this because this ain't American Christianity. American Christianity is really nothing more than a political movement that's been hijacked and it's propping itself up as Christianity. But it ain't Bible. And the only thing that God is bound to is what this word says. I wish you look at your neighbors and everything else is going down but the word. Everything else is going down but the word. Some of us honor our friends instead of God. Who do you honor first? So because they don't want to go to church, you ain't coming. Y'all not talking to me. And I know, I know this is a real straightforward message, but I just need to get you not shouting about it. I need to get you to seeing it. I need you to not just pray for it. I need you to possess it. And God says, if you dishonor me, I am not giving you greatness. And here's the trip. You can be dry and not even know it. Let me prove it to you. You ever been ashy? And somebody else had to tell you? Look, in between them experiences, I, I said, uh, son, give me some lotion. Because these elbows, they got toe up in between experiences. And I don't want to offend the saints or start fires. What do you mean, Bishop? I said, sometimes you can be dry. And because God doesn't leave you, you can think you're supposed to be in a dry place. Because mm. he keeps meeting your needs. You're like, oh, this is the devil. Maybe it's not the devil. Shut up. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Maybe it's not the devil. Maybe it's dishonor. And I come to get you out, watch this, of just being at the gate. 
Everybody up in this church is coming with me through the gate. And we're going to see it happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. He honored his comfort. He honored his comfort, y'all. He's like, this is easy. We're all here. We all know what to expect. We, this is just easy. Watch this. We're grieving. His daddy had died. His brother, whose name is Haran, that's what they named the place, he, get, he gone. Daddy gone. Let's just all stay here and, and dishonor God to honor our comfort. Can we all be honest? We've all, <laughs> from the pulpit to the wall, we have all honored comfort over what God said. Can, 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 can we? Ooh, y'all, ooh, y'all got a massive attitude, spirit. I, I know, I'm just messing with you. I'm just I'm joking. Check this out. We've all done it. And this is a big deal to God. Let me ask you this. Who and what do you honor first? Your kids? Do your kids run your house? Y'all say no. I've been out in these stores. And these kids. See, if you grew up in the South, you had certain rules. Anybody grow up in the South in here? All right, if you grew up in the South, make some little noise for me. Make a little noise. Thank you, all four of you. Um, so in the South, we had things like this. A child needs to stay in a place. Speak when you speak. Now kids will jump right in the middle of your adult conversation. They'll hear you on the phone and come in, Mom, that's not true. We've been at home the whole day. Why are you lying to your friend? Now, while they may be right, they're still wrong. You got kids now, they call their mama Susan and their grandmama mama. We got an honor problem in American culture. We have an honor problem in American culture. Do, do, do you honor your kids? Do you honor your spouse above what God's word says? It's quiet in the church. Has your spouse perfected the art of manipulation? Hmm? It, it's quiet. I, I, I promise you. I promise you. You don't know that. This is the Bible, church. Has your spouse done that? Got it? To where we put what they want above what God said. Sometimes when you love your spouse, you can say, baby, I love you. But you're out of order right now. You're out of order. And call it like, call it, like it is. Because especially if you're a husband, you're the leader. So watch this. She ain't even responsible for what she does. You are. Oh, let's go Bible. Come on, Bishop Paul McGonan. Preach. All right. God didn't say nothing to Eve when she was down there messing with the serpent. He didn't say nothing to her. He didn't say anything until Adam sat there and he did it too. And then when God came down, God didn't even talk to Eve because chiefs deal with chiefs. Come here. Chiefs do not speak to those that they are, uh, that are subordinate to the uh, other chief. So God looks at Adam and says, what is this? He's like James Earl Jones. What is this? What have you done? You know what Adam does? Adam blames her. And you know what God got upset about? I'm just about through. You know what God got upset about? He didn't get mad at Adam and Eve for their sin. See, if you grew up in church, you're so sin conscious. The devil sin, 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 sin. God's, I'm not saying that God is, is a condoner of sin. What I'm saying is look at what was more important to God. His words to Adam were, did you defy what I said and heed her voice? He says, my issue, Adam, 
is not what y'all did. My issue is that you dishonored me to honor her. Are you hearing me? God's issue with Adam was he dishonored him. Not even what they did. That's deep, right? Because sometimes we're so fixated on the mistake that really what God is like, but you had an honor problem, which has caused you to make the mistake in the first place. It's quiet in this church. Do, do you honor your, your, your ancestry or your country? Patriotism, watch this, God's not an American. Now, I'm not saying we should be anti-America. Please do not misinterpret that statement. I'm proud to be American. But do not conflate patriotism with spirituality. Because if the country's out of order and wrong, oh, God, it got quiet there. Let me move on. See, 9.15, they, they pushed me a little bit. But I've already picked 11.15 as today's choice. I ain't going to say that. But go back and look at the 9.15. But watch. Um, please understand, we got to make sure that we're not honoring uh, something that God doesn't say and ain't with. You cannot say you love Jesus and you can dismiss a whole race of people. You ain't got to like it, it's true. You can't say you love Jesus and say, watch this. Even though we hijacked the country, we ain't going to let nobody else come into the country. Y'all can look at me whatever time on the face you want to. You cannot say you love Jesus and treat other people who don't look like you like they're trash. You can't say you're pro-life and you say nothing about black lives being slaughtered on the streets. You cannot say that. I'm not being political. I'm just being biblical. We can't say something that we, we can't do that. We can't say that we love people as long as they fit in this box. What I love about Jesus, so y'all ain't gonna help me, let me preach my own self happy, is that he went after the people everybody else threw away and everybody else said ain't worth it and everybody else said ain't nobody. Aren't you glad, 11.15? He came and got us. Would you, would you give him glory for that? All right, let's move on. I don't want you to take that political. It's biblical, okay? It's biblical. Somebody says it's biblical. But do you honor American patriotism over Bible? Do you honor what you want over what he said? Look, I didn't want to be no pastor. I don't want to be no pastor. I don't want to be a bishop. I said, Lord, because I don't like repeating myself. And I said, Lord, I said, and if they talk about me, this is all back in the day. I said, Lord, I'm working out my own salvation. I said, the other pastors just smile and shake hands and stuff like that. Look, I said, I'm working mine out. I said, they say something sideways about me. Look, let me take this ring off. <laughs> let me take, yeah, God is supreme. Flip this inside out for a minute, though, because I, <laughs> now I'm being funny. But that wasn't my will. And I had to. I had to get uncomfortable and lay down what I wanted to do what he wanted because I honored him. And then I didn't do it with an attitude. See, sometimes we think honor is I did it. Some of you spouses, when you do stuff with your spouse, the reason that they don't like what you did is because the attitude you did it with. 
dinner on the table. He don't even want to eat now. And you wonder why Susie at the office keeps getting his attention. It's because, and I'm not saying Susie's right. I'm just, I'm just saying, no. I'm just saying. I'm going to need you to drop all that attitude, though. Ooh. Ooh. I'm just saying. Fella, she doesn't want to feel like, there's some roses in there. At least do me like, you know, break them up, put them on the floor. Let me walk on some rose petals and at least run the bath water. And you ladies know how y'all like that water on hell? That's the temperature. <laughs> Turn it all the way over to the red, the deep red. Let it steam the whole house. <laughs> that I might bathe. <laughs> Say, who do I honor first? Mark 8, 35, I'm almost done. Whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. This is a big deal. God says, if you're trying to do your thing, he says, you're going to lose it. If you're trying to do my thing, you're going to actually have life. Here's another scripture, Malachi 1, 6. Malachi in scripture means messenger or Malachi if you're Italian. Watch this, Malachi 1, 6. A son honors his father, the servant his master. If I'm your daddy, who's your daddy? He says, where's my honor? If I'm your master, where's my fear? Fear there means reverence. He says, why don't you reverence me? What's reverence? Honor me. He says, why is it everything else is more important than me? God says, I'm not a side piece. I'm not something you get to because you're struggling. Oh, God. I, has anybody in here ever been used by somebody? Let's tell it to you. We all have. Yeah. Did you like how that felt? No. So why would we think that it's okay to do to God? Oh, but I think there's some people in here today that can say, Lord, make me a person of honor. Say it. Say, Lord, make me a person of honor. I got to close. Honor is the gateway to greatness, y'all. And we don't have to be people of honor. We get to. Great people live from get-tos, not have-tos. Say, I'm great. So don't look at anything you got to do this week because I have to do this. You get to do this. You get to wake up. You get to praise. You get to give. You get to sing. You, you get to shout. Baby, if both your legs working, you get to do that. Because there's somebody who woke up this morning and when they went to move that leg, it didn't work. You, oh, come on here. Church. Somebody say, I get to. Honor, honor. 1 Samuel 2.30. He says, if you honor him, he'll honor you. Boom. Who's going to honor you? God. Who's going to do it? 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 God. What's honor me? Honor is this Hebrew word kabod. It, it means, in its simplest form, weight. Throw weight around. God says, if you throw your weight around for me, <laughs> you think you something. Let me throw my weight around for you. Here's what it means. To develop. To make heavy. <laughs> in other words, God says, your weight will be able to be thrown around. To bring to. God says, I'm going to bring you to something great. To be honored. See, some of you, you fight to be honored, which is why you can't have honor because you're trying to get it the wrong way. You want everybody to see how great you are, but you don't honor. Y'all quiet. You won't touch your neighbor. You won't look at nobody. You won't smile at nobody. You won't even fake smile at nobody. You, 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 you know, you go on your job and you got this just pompous, arrogant uh, attitude full of hubris and all that. Child. I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. And God is like, stay down there until you learn how greatness really operates. I know it. Watch this. It means to be treated as a noble. That means people are going to treat you like you're a king. That means when you walk in places, people are going to, watch this, they can't help themselves but to treat you like you ain't from here. 
Y'all remember Coming to America? Who, who's seen the movie Coming to America? If you haven't, it is part of your homework. You need to read your Bible. It's in uh, Zamunda, chapter 3. Um, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. In Coming to America, when King Joffrey Jafar came to America, and Hakeem Nim came to Prince Eddie Murphy, came to America, when they came, y'all saw how different they were? They had all this Louis Vuitton baggage and gold chains and big old fur coats and lions and all kind of stuff. And they had that, and, and they had all that. They, they, people looked at them like, you ain't from here. So they were treated, well, not in New York, but um, in the movie, at least. <laughs> um, they were treated like they weren't from here. God says, when you honor me, I will make it so that you're treated like nobility. A royal. Somebody say, I'm a royal. Then it means to prevail. God says, I'm going to help you to win. The only way you know, watch this, that you can prevail is when you're going through hell. Some of you don't even realize the hell you go through is God showing you, look, now watch me make you prevail. See, after everything you've been through, notice how you keep winning. <laughs> I dare somebody to just say, that's what I'm doing. All I do is win, and my hands go up. Your hands are too late. And my hands go up, and they stay there, and they stay there. Why? Up. Y'all wasn't ready. Okay. Watch this. Check this out. God says, you will prevail. Then it means promote. God says, I'll promote you. See, God says, I will make them create a position that promotes you. I will make them. See, I will put your paperwork in the middle of something else that, that, you, that you weren't even expecting. And I will make you prevail. Watch this. Here's the next thing. It means to go for or promote you. It means to go forward while sore. That one really got me. Because God says, honor, when you honor me, you'll be able to fight even when you're hurting. Some of you don't even realize that God's proof that, he, that you're a person of honor is that, watch this, while you've been going through hell and a valley and hurt and pain, you've been able to do it while you're sore. You've been able to lead and bleed at the same time. I was telling about the 9:15. I don't have the luxury of sitting at home all day and pulling the covers back and crying because of who did me wrong. I don't have that luxury. I had a luxury to sit back and say, you know what? I ain't going to church today. I don't have the luxury to do that. Why? Because here's what happens. When you're a person of honor, God will make you go forward even when you're sore. Here's the next meeting. Great. <laughs> I will make you. I will make you. So if you're not a person of honor, you'll never be great. Proof of honor, here it is. Let me give it to you real quick and I'm done. Is adaptation and adjustment. Because honor is not respectfully doing what you want to do. I need you to get that, America. Because in America, that's what we think honor is. I was nice when I said I ain't going to do it. It's not honor. Proof of honor is adaptation and adjustment. Because honor is not respectfully doing what you want. It's changing what you want to adapt to who you're honoring. And here's where conflicts can arise at 1115. Because what happens when one that you honor wants this and says go this way and another that you honor says that, go that way. It's simple. God first all day every day. And it's a lifestyle. Say God first all day every day. Say it's a lifestyle. Because it's a lifestyle, it's not a rule. This is not, you're not learning a rule today. God just got so many rules. This is not a rule. This is a relationship. And in relationship, there is honor. And when you honor, God says, I'm going to honor you. It's a lifestyle. It's the way you live. Anybody in here can dress good? Makes noise if you think you can dress good. See y'all? Oh. That's a lifestyle. You can take three pieces of clothes and have 4,224 outfits. 
Uh, anybody here can cook good? And other people think you can cook good too. I, you know, sometimes you be like, yeah, this ramen finna be good with this hot sauce and cheese. That ain't cooking, sir. That's warming up. <laughs> now, watch. Here's the deal. It's a lifestyle. So when you're cooking, um, our, our brunch team does a phenomenal job. They literally, they quite literally, I could give them this microphone and say, cook it. And it, you'd be like, that is the best tofu I've ever had. Um, they just, they full pinch, put a pinch of this and some of this and do this and do this and do that. And, and I'm thinking, because I can't cook, and I don't want to, I don't need a cookbook, I don't need a cooking class, I don't want to know how to cook. Okay? That's my life. I have a sign in my home that says, keep this kitchen clean, eat out. I honor my sign. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I, I ain't going to do all that cooking. And then by the time you finish, like, God, no, I'm t I don't even want to eat now. And then I'm the type, I don't, I don't eat until the kitchen's clean. Some of y'all, your kitchen could just be, we'll do that after we eat. I'm not that guy. I, I got to, no, let's clean this up now. In fact, you do dishes, you do cabinets, <laughs> you do the pots and pans. What you doing, Bishop? I'm going to supervise. I'm going to supervise. Y'all doing a good job, good job. Check it out. When you cook, it's just part of your lifestyle, okay? Um, um, there's certain things that are just part of your lifestyle, and honor's got to be one of those things. Say, I'm a person of honor. And I'm getting ready to close. Watch this. Okay, check this out. Many have never been taught to honor anyone nor anything, or worse, to honor the wrong things. So they're at the gateway of greatness, but never enter in. But you, you're going in. Somebody say, I'm going in. Y'all give me 45 seconds so we can close this. Here's what you need to understand, is that God makes a promise that if you honor other stuff before you honor him, he will hear you, he will love you, but you will never be great. Can we repent corporately? Because we all have dishonored. Can we have a corporate repentance moment? What's repentance mean? Basically, changing my mind. Say, Father, forgive me for my dishonor in every area of my life. If I'm still breathing, I still got another chance. I choose to go through the gateway of greatness in Jesus' name. Here it is. Dishonor creates dryness. That's where Abraham was. He was dry for 60 plus years. Dry means, watch this, you, everything is struggle to struggle. That's over for you. That's, oh, if, that's, and I'm talking about every area of your life. Because some of you are like, Bishop, I'm good financially, Ooh, but not emotionally. I'm going to tell you, every area of your life, God says, I'm sending some rain because you're a person of honor. Say yeah. Second thing, dishonor creates delay. I'm going to read real fast for the sake of time. Second Chronicles 36, 12. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord his God. He did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke before the mouth of the Lord. Some people say, You're, I honor God. I just don't honor people. See, let me help you. This verse right here helps you. He says, he did not humble himself before Jeremiah the prophet who spoke from the mouth of the Lord. Verse 16, but they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets. And the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. So God says, there's this delay. Here's the delay. For 70 years, they're in Babylonian captivity. And God says, you can't go anywhere. Let me give you a scripture you know. I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. And they'll give you a hope and a future. You know what that's connected to? God, they prayed to get out of Babylonian captivity. They became slaves in Babylon. And they prayed to get out. And you want to know what God says? No. He says, for 70 years, everybody's on delay because that's how long it's going to take to get this dishonor out of you. 
You missed what I just said. He says, for 70 years, nobody's going anywhere. Y'all are delayed because y'all are dishonorable. And the only way I can get this dishonor out of you is I got to put you in a place to where you have to do what the Babylonians say. When they say jump, you say how high. When they say move, you say over. When you, you are going to have to be in captivity for 70 years. And I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. So we celebrate that part. We don't, we don't even know about the part where God says, I'm not letting you out of this delay for 70 years. But let's just prophesy to your row. Say, everybody in this row is out. Yeah, 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 yeah. That ain't how you said. Whatever captivity your row has been in, today was the final. It was the final day of that captivity. Somebody say, my whole row's coming out of captivity. Say it like you believe it. Say, my whole row's coming out of captivity. Number three. Dishonor creates denial. Mark 6, 4. And Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown among his own relatives and his own household. Verse 5. He could do no mighty work there except he laid hands on a few people and healed them. Check this out. A whole lot of people didn't get healed. They were denied. Why? Dishonor. When God saw dishonor, he looked around and said, I'm not doing nothing. Have you ever wanted to do something for somebody? And then they dishonored you? And they're like, I... What happens when you dishonor, God has to withdraw. So many people were denied. So, but I will not be denied anymore. Number four, and I'm done. Dishonor creates destruction. Malachi 2.2. 2. If you will not listen, if you will not take it to heart, and this verse, this verse is, this, this, this is a big old verse right here. He says, if you will not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you. What's that? An empowerment to fail. I need you to catch this verse, Lemon and I will curse your blessings. Wow. What was blessed is now cursed. Some of your jobs started out great, and it was a blessing until you dishonored. Some of your marriages started out great. Some of your friendships started out great until dishonor was seen. And when dishonor was seen, God says, so I had to turn that thing. But if I turned it one way, come here, I can turn it the other. He says, indeed, I have already cursed them while because you do not lay it to heart. He says, you don't take this honor thing seriously. Like, you think I'm going to tolerate that from you. You ever had somebody try you? Now, this was supposed to be my problem with Abraham settling. He had his harvest backpack, and he was supposed to pack light because he wasn't supposed to settle. He was on a journey. Touch your neighbor and say, pack light. You're not settling. So you're on your way to greatness with your harvest backpack. Now available in stores. Um, God says, if you dishonor me, I love you. I got nothing but love for you. But what I bless you with, I will now make it a curse. Isn't that something? He said, I will take all the good stuff and turn it around because you didn't honor me. Now, I just want us to let this verse settle because sometimes we don't think it's a big deal. That's just how I am. Next don't come like that. Um, they don't. They don't come prepackaged that way. You didn't come out the womb to my mama. You, you didn't. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. I'll finish this on Wednesday or at some point soon. Got to move. Um, say, Father, forgive me for my dishonor. Show me areas 
where I haven't identified where there's dishonor so I can fix it. I'm breathing, so I got another chance. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.